When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, how's it going? This is Matt here from Silver Fortune. Since the beginning of June of 2019, investors have been piling into the silver market. Only, it's not the silver market that you and I might be thinking of. I'm not talking about U.S. mint sales. I'm not talking about people going out and ordering coins and bars. I'm talking about silver ETFs. Now, that's a broad term. In reality, you know, according to the the World Silver Survey, they would classify that into things like the uh, exchange traded products, ETFs, which would be exchange traded funds. Uh, you have things like the Prot uh, civic, uh, Physical Silver Trusts. Uh, you have ETF securities, but but basically, you know, I, I treat them all as very similar products. They're they're paper silver that are are open to the masses as opposed to. Uh, specifically going to trade on something like the COMEX. But according to Commerce Bank, this was reported over on Kitco earlier today, since uh, last week actually, last week alone, we saw inflows uh, that topped uh, or were around 267 metric tons. Last week alone, since the beginning of the month, since the beginning of July, 540 tons have moved into these silver ETFs. Since the beginning of June, over 1,000 metric tons. Now, to put that in terms of troy ounces, we're talking over 32 million ounces. Now, again, to put that in perspective, in 2018, we actually saw a net decline of, of uh, I guess, uh, an outflow out of these ETF uh, securities, exchange traded products, etc., of a little over 20 million ounces. So, so just since June, we've seen an inflow of about 32 million ounces into that. Again, to put this in perspective, according to the uh, World Silver Survey, at the end of 2018, when you throw all of these together, all these different categories of, of basically paper silver, excluding things like uh, um, COMEX and, and exchanges like that, you come up with a number of uh, almost 650 million ounces. About two-thirds of, of yearly demand or yearly supply. So 32 million ounces is you know fairly small. That's you know what um, I'm thinking 5% increase, roughly, uh, ballpark, 4%, 6%, somewhere in those numbers. And of course, that's at the end, at the end of 2018, so those numbers are, are not quite up to date. But still, I think it signifies that uh, investor sentiment about silver is, is turning, whether it be because of inflation expectations, because of overvalued stocks, monetary policy, or the fact that gold has moved up a ton and silver hasn't budged yet. People expect it to move up. Now, on one hand, this is a positive that, that people are interested in silver again, that we're seeing people uh, going out and, and you know putting their money, whether it's, it's individual investors or more likely things like, like hedge funds and whatnot, manage money, etc., putting their money into silver ETFs. But I know what a lot of my viewers, my listeners are thinking. Matt, we're talking about digital silver here, paper silver. Don't you have a problem with that? And yeah, I absolutely do. Now, I mean, I want to be very clear. SLV 
and, and other ETFs, they, they can play a role. I'm not saying you cannot buy them, right? People short these, they go long, whatever, to make you know short-term gains. But as far as stacking the stuff, uh, it's 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 uh, goes against you know some of the basic tenets of, of stacking. Namely, if you don't hold it, you don't own it. And so, as far as stacking, no, I think it's a terrible idea. Um, short-term paper profits, sure. I mean, you can you can try your hand at it, uh, but the, one of the, my big gripes with these types of products it comes back to not only you don't hold it, right? Do you really own it? But but are they actually backed by silver? And sometimes I really wonder, especially when we get this type of data, 32 million ounces of demand, basically, moving into these, these ETFs, and yet we have barely seen silver budge. And that's despite gold moving up over some key resistance levels. Do they really have that silver there? And I don't think people can definitively answer yes or no. I'm not saying I have proof that they do or they don't. But I think it's a very valid question to ask, right? Even more valid in these cases as opposed to, you know, when people have their silver or their gold housed by a vault, right? Basically, the idea behind this is that there's inflows into these ETFs. Uh, there's, there's an increase in, in outstanding shares. And in theory, that should be backed by silver. Um, but the, the problem with it is that you can't just take possession of silver from something like SLV. Now, that might not be the case for, for some of these other ones, maybe Sprott, uh, Physical Gold and Silver Trust, or other types of products allow you to do that. I haven't even checked on Sprott in particular. Uh, but with SLV, it's it's basically not possible for the average investor, right? And I don't think anybody ever actually does it because that's not why they're investing in SLV in the first place. They're investing, again, for paper gains because they, they want to go up in price and make some, some fiat, some dollars. Uh, but that's kind of my big gripe when, when I see headlines like this. Like, it's great um, that investor interest is there. But can you imagine if that money had instead been placed in American Silver Eagles or, or Perth uh, Kangaroos or, or British Britannias or Maple Leafs or whatever, physical bars of silver, 32 million ounces. I have a feeling we would see the price move if we saw that type of a demand, increase in demand over a month and a half span. Now I get it, right? That's usually not allowed by these hedge funds. And if it is, it's not nearly as liquid in, in its current shape and form as these ETFs. So that's obviously subject to change across the board ETFs, not just uh, uh, metal ETFs. But again, I get why they're doing it, but but it's not going to, I guess, move the price in the way that, that we hope. Now, with that being said, I mean, yeah, these types of, of moves into paper markets, digital markets, whether the COMEX or, or we're talking about uh, these silver ETFs, they can get a rally moving, right? They can spark interest in the metal. I mean, we know that that it's been years and years of, of the ops of that happening where, where we see big banks and whatnot, uh, you know, manipulating these markets, selling off in these markets, thus, you know, creating less and less desire to own a, a metal that's not doing anything, even if people are cognizant of the fact that it's likely manipulated, doesn't mean they want to own it, right? Uh, we've seen that for years and years, and, and the opposite absolutely can be true, where, where you get enough interest and it moves up, and, and we see a rally in the paper market. I mean, the price is, after all, solely controlled by the paper market, but what I want to see is a rally, a bull market that is controlled by the physical market, 
right? Whether we're talking about gold or silver, something that's controlled by physical supply and demand, right? By the fundamentals, by a serious interest, by investors across the board, whether it's stackers like you and I or central banks, hedge funds, wealthy institutions, investors, companies that need to source silver for their products, across the board an interest in silver or gold in the physical form because they know that things like ETFs have become too risky or illiquid, right? What happens when ETFs are more illiquid uh, than the asset they, that they basically promised to have made more liquid in the first place? Right? That's the whole idea behind something like SLV. Let's make it more liquid. Let's do away with these premiums and whatnot. But what happens when it's, uh, it's more illiquid than, than the physical metal itself. What happens when we have all these investors no longer trust things like ETFs because their faith in the system has, has been broken? Right? I mean, that's, that's not outside the realm of possibility at all. In fact, I think it's going to happen at some point. And, and, and don't get me wrong, the big focus is not probably going to be on SLV or GLD or, or, or whatever. It's, it's going to be on the big ones, right? It's going to be illiquid real estate funds or, or stock market funds or whatever. And, and, and you'll see flash crashes or you'll see people not being able to get out at a reasonable price. I mean, that's a big problem with illiquidity is, is you can get out. It's just at, at what price generally. But why wouldn't that also extend to something like SLV or GLD, right? Um, and, and you could see some serious uh, illiquidity in the markets. And, and in some cases, yeah, they might, there might be a fire sale on some of these physical silver or gold to, because of the outflows out of these funds, if they are indeed actually by, backed by any of that. But it very well also could just be people saying, hey, I don't want the paper. I don't want the digital. But I'm more than happy to, to pay for the, the physical because that's actually offering me protection. I'm not looking for fiat gains anymore. I'm looking for preservation of wealth. I'm looking to, to survive. I'm looking for the preservation of, of my fund or, or my client's uh, capital, whatever it is, right? What happens when that's the case? In fact, you know, if, if, if you've seen over the last uh, uh, month, month and a half, uh, this type of, of digital or paper demand for silver hasn't been really reflected in, on the physical side of things quite yet. Now, I think that's subject to change, absolutely. But but if you look at bullion sales, for instance, uh, we'll look at the U.S. Mint. Um, in, in June, we actually had fairly decent demand for silver eagles, actually topping a million ounces, which isn't bad. Now, it's it's nowhere near the, the type of silver demand we would have seen you know, five-plus years ago, but, but it's decent. But already in July, we've just barely topped a quarter million ounces, right? Or you can look at the Perth Mint. Um, is actually down in, in June, according to their monthly sales report. June 2019, they're, they're down to around 35, uh, or sorry, 350,000 ounces in the month of June, which is a decline from May, which is a decline from April, which was a decline from March. And some of that has to do with maybe more seasonal products, right, with, with the Perth Mint, and because they're, they, 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 I guess, change up their products a lot more than, than, uh, than the U.S. Mint does. Um, but but I think that speaks volumes that as of right now, you know, stacker demand, at least for these coins, is not what it used to be. Now, I've talked about this a bit in the past that, that American Silver Eagle sales, they're not the benchmark that they were in the past because investors have so many more options. They don't have the market share, especially stateside, that they did in the past because we have so many options from north of the border, south of the border, uh, down under across the pond, etc. 
we, we have more options, not to mention uh, uh, non-government mint uh, silver, whether it's generic or, or otherwise. Um, you, you have Scottsdale. You, you used to have RMC. I think they might have been bought out. I actually haven't been following that, that whole story for a while now. Um, you have Silvertown, you know, just to name a few. And then, of course, you know, SD Bullion and, and Jam Bullion and whatnot. They mint some of their Atmex. They mint some of their own, you know, generic silver products or poured silver, cast bars, whatever. I think that's drawn some of that demand away from, from American Silver Eagles. And, and it's not the benchmark that it used to be. But these numbers still aren't lying. You know, that physical interest in silver and gold just isn't quite there yet. But, but you know, uh, um, a principle that I think I might be hammering home in some some future videos coming up here over the next couple of weeks and I've talked about it a bit in the past is that you know when it comes to to I guess making your voice heard making your your dollar matter uh, you're probably going to have better luck in the physical market versus the paper market right now I understand that that my listeners you know your monthly budget might allow for for an ounce five ounces ten ounces hundred ounces thousand ounces I think it varies widely from person to person. But none of us individually, probably, unless I have like Warren Buffett or something like that listening to my podcast, none of us individually are going to move the market. No. But collectively, yeah, we can. We, we have in the past, right? Uh, th- this type of physical demand can move the market collectively. And, and that's where I think, you know, making a difference, being part of this monetary revolution that I've talked about for, for some time now, uh, actually is, is put into action. Now, you also have to understand that that's not going to be instant, right? Some of us have joined this revolution a number of years ago, and, and it, it hasn't been reflected in the price, especially the silver price. And, and you see year after year people going out and buying uh, hundreds, thousands, whatever ounces, and you see it reflected in the, the World Silver Survey, you know, hundreds of millions of ounces built by, you know, bought by stackers, uh, billions of ounces, you know, probably bought over the years. Um, but, but over time, I mean... The, the hope I don't think is individually just in us or even collectively those of us that are here right now. It's when more people wake up. And it doesn't have to be a, a, a society-wide type of event. You know, I think the, the, the truth might be that there's going to be a lot of people, and there already is a lot of people out there that, that just don't have the money, don't have the income to, or at least they think they don't, to, to you know, set it aside for an ounce or two or, or a few dozen ounces a month. But there will be people out there that, that do fall into that category, wealthy people that will be buying by the hundreds of thousands and tens of thousands of ounces, or even the big uh, in, institutions, hedge funds, um, um, companies that need to source their physical silver for their products, right? They begin to pile into the market, and that's when you see a big move in silver. Now, it can be for a variety of reasons, and it can be a combination of reasons, right? It can be monetary policy. It can be because of what other markets are doing, the, the stock market, the bond market, the real estate market. It can be because of inflation concerns. It can be uh, because of just you know pure momentum, right? The fear and greed, right? People are afraid of what's going to happen to the dollar or the economy or their job. Or it could be people just piling into a market because they want quick gains. But either way, it's going to have the same effect of driving up the price. And that's really what we're waiting for. And and, and I see this data here today from Commerce Bank about silver ETFs, 1,000 tons, metric tons, moving into these silver ETFs as positive. But there's also the, the downside to that, and that is, wow, I, I wish this was actually physical silver and not just silver ETFs. As always, I'd like to thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for 
watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.